I do believe that there should be a scorecard for each area of our business, whether that be sales and then marketing and then inside of marketing is our podcast scorecard. So we need to have a scorecard that measures our trends over time. Now, first of all, the reason to have a scorecard is that if you can't see where you've been, you don't know where you're going, right? And the scorecard allows us to be able to see trends and metrics over time so that we can easily, with quantified data, make decisions. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Leads, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. This week on the podcast, we have Danielle Hayden. I am so excited for you to hear what she has to say about podcast metrics. But even more than that, we talk about understanding your goals as a podcaster, using your podcast to make strategic decisions so that you're actually using your podcast in a beneficial way, depending on what your goals are and really understanding that, how often you need to be looking at those metrics and how to not feel scared to look at those. So we talked through all of those things. This was such a great episode. She also provides a podcast KPI scorecard resource that you can download for free. So be sure to check out the episode for that. And we'll also have a link for it in the show notes. Join me in welcoming Danielle to the podcast. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for being on the show today. If you could just start by telling everyone who you are, what you do, and about your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Danielle Hayden. I am a mama from Cleveland, Ohio. I own a company called Kickstart Accounting Inc. We help business owners understand their numbers so that they can make better business decisions. Uh, We do that through their bookkeeping and then Really, I call them empowerment strategy calls. So as business owners, it's really difficult to understand your numbers. So we get it and we provide a really non-judgmental safe space for people to get the information they need. In running that business, we ran the business for almost five years before we started our podcast, Entrepreneur Money Stories. And we had learned a lot over that time about entrepreneurs and what was important and what wasn't important. What are we struggling with? And How do we overcome those struggles? And what I learned was that no matter where you came from, right, no matter what your background is, as entrepreneurs, as people, I don't care, we all struggle with money mindset. We've all been told stories coming through our lives. And so we created Entrepreneur Money Stories as an opportunity for other business owners, other influencers to be able to come on, tell their story about how they overcame their money mindset and then tips and tricks and scorecards and metrics and all the the tools that we need as business owners to monitor and grow our businesses. Yeah. So it's like a mesh of the feelings and the numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because I I tend to lead with more masculine energy naturally. So when I worked in corporate, I was very black and white, very data. I didn't understand 
masculine feminine energy. I didn't understand that there were so many feelings involved in business, but now I understand that it really helps us determine if we're going to be able to grow into a sustainable, profitable business or not. Yes, you are speaking my language. I also feel like we're going to be best friends. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) I also (laughs) tend to lead with very masculine energy. There's no gray. Also, I'm an Enneagram one. So if you're into the Enneagram at all. Well, I I feel like people kept on talking about it. So I'm like, I need to retake it because I couldn't remember. So I'm an Enneagram eight. I believe I have a friend who's an eight And I don't remember much about that one specifically, but as a one, it's very much like there's my way to do things, which are always the right way to do things. And we're going to look at the numbers. We're going to make decisions based off of the numbers. Screw the feelings. We don't need those. But so many business owners make business decisions straight from feelings, right? They they forget that there's data that can help guide us, that there's things that we can quantify to guide our decisions or help empower decisions, right? Because a lot of times we're holding on to money. We're not reinvesting. We're not hiring. We're not outsourcing because we're afraid. And then once you know the numbers, you're like, oh, shoot, I should have done that like a year ago. I've been wasting my time, you know, managing my own podcast, doing my own bookkeeping, right? I should be doing those tasks. And if I would have felt empowered to bring on help, I could have had more work-life balance and ultimately grew my business in a way that could have been more sustainable. Yes. Ah, so important. I also love that you titled it Entrepreneurial Money Stories because it's so clear what it is. You've been podcasting now for about three years. So what did that journey into podcasting really look like for you? So I actually first started being a guest on other people's podcasts. So that was our marketing strategy when we first came into this journey. I've always been a longtime podcast listener. And then I started showing up as a guest on other people's shows. And I'm really glad that I did that because it helped me find my voice. It helped me learn a lot from other guests. Like what did I like? What did I not like? How did they show up? Pre-work, post-work, like all of that. So I got to learn a lot that journey. You know, I had always thought about starting our own show, but I didn't really know what the world needed to hear. Like I had no idea, right? And if I would have started it earlier than that, I would have been way off the mark. I don't really know that I'm on the mark now, but I feel a little bit closer. So over this time, I was able to understand what entrepreneurs needed from their bookkeeper, what they needed from their tax account, what they needed from a podcast. And so when we showed up, when my team and I showed up to start a podcast, we were fortunate enough to be able to say, let's be really niche, right? Let's talk to a very specific person. And it's the person who understands that they need to work on their money mindset. They need to work on their mindset. They need to understand their numbers in order to grow their business. Now that's not everybody, right? It's a very, very niche market. And so we knew specifically that the title, right? Entrepreneur Money Stories had to very specifically lay out who we were and who we were talking to. I don't need to be a fit for everybody, right? I need to be a fit for the people who are looking for us. And for the people who are looking to work with you. Yeah. Or even just listen, right? Like sure there's listeners who I'll never work with. And that's, that's just fine. If I am serving one person with every episode, I am happy it was worth my time, but they have to be people who want that content because I can't, 
shove knowing your numbers down your face, <laughs> although I try. <laughs> it's a tough topic, right? So you might hear an episode and if you're not in the right headspace, if you're not open and willing to hear that information, you just won't hear it. You won't observe it. Which is why I think even three years later, and I'm curious to see what you say about this, you're probably repeating yourself quite a bit on your podcast for your audience. Do you find that that's true? Yes, but the things that I repeat, I'm okay with repeating. You know, there are things that I feel like need to be said over and over again. And I frequently say, you've heard me say this before and you're going to hear me keep on saying it, right? Because repetition aids learning. And if I am repeating myself, I am aiding you in learning that. Because if you listened to me six months ago, you might not have been in the headspace to actually hear me. Now, six times later, your mindset has changed. You're in a different space personally. You're in a different headspace in your business. And maybe you hear that differently. Yeah. I'm always saying that one of the things that people struggle with when it comes to a podcast or even being a guest on a podcast is like, I've already talked about this. Do I need to say it again? It's like, yes, at least a million more times. Keep it up. And maybe find different ways or different stories. You know, I have the the good fortune of working with my team and working with clients. And so my stories change. Now, some stories I just think are better than others. So I stick to them. But we are constantly working with clients and we're constantly seeing new transformations. We're constantly getting aha moments. And so we can take it a step further so we can always change what we're saying and what we're speaking about. Yeah. And I think it also adds in that you guys are experts in your field because you're able to share those actual stories and say, yeah, we know what we're talking about. We're not just saying this because we Googled it. Like We actually know it. And this is a legit thing that we are working with on our clients. And we see these struggles that our clients are facing. We Here is how we've helped them to accomplish these things. So I think it's so important to be able to have those stories. I also love that you mentioned that you were a guest first because so often, and especially over the summer, (laughs) there was someone who we shall not name, who's a big person in the entrepreneurial space and said during a webinar that everyone should have a podcast who is a business owner. And I obviously cringed (laughs) very similarly to how you did (laughs) just now. And I'm like, No, that's not okay. Also, just be a guest first. Find podcasts that are going to work for you. Figure out what your audience actually wants to hear. If you're looking for content to create, what are the questions that the host is asking you? Those are questions that your audience is probably asking you to. There are so many ways to use podcast guesting as a strategy to start with that I think a lot of people miss out on that. Yeah, find your voice, right? You know, get comfortable speaking, get comfortable with asking questions. I mean, now I can say, I said it to you before we got started. I'm like, I'm an open book, ask me whatever you want. But get comfortable with that, right? Because you are in control and they are two very different seats. It is interesting that as I became a host, it was kind of a mindset shift a little bit because you are controlling the conversation. You have to be which is a good listener, right? You have to be really in tune. You have to be in sync with your guest. And if you're not ready for that, if you don't want to do that, maybe that's not your skill set, then don't. There's so many other marketing activities out there. You don't have to do that. However, I love podcasting. And so if you have a story to tell and it is something 
unique that can help you. I'm all for it, but I think we need to find our voice first. For sure. You mentioned scorecards earlier, and my background is in marketing and business. I have a degree in each. And so I love marketing. I love numbers. I love data. And as we talked about earlier, using those numbers to make really good decisions. So what are some of those things on the scorecard for your podcast or your client's podcast that you're looking at specifically to move things forward, turning your listeners into leads, turning these activities into money generating activities? Yeah. So one thing that you'll hear me say over and over again, when you come listen to Entrepreneur Runners, right, is all about scorecards, right? And I do believe that there should be a scorecard for each area of our business, whether that be sales and then marketing and then inside of marketing is our podcast scorecard, right? So we need to have a scorecard that measures our trends over time. Now, first of all, the reason to have a scorecard is that if you can't see where you've been, you don't know where you're going, right? And the scorecard allows us to be able to see trends and metrics over time so that we can easily, with quantified data, make decisions, right? This isn't working. This is working. I need to do more of this. And that doesn't always align with your gut. For me, I love long-form conversations. So I want to have like a two-hour podcast episode. I want to talk to you forever. I want to know what you did on the fourth Sunday when you were in second grade. Because I think it makes the story, right? Like really entrenched it. The listeners don't have that much time. So we have found through our data that episodes actually need to be 20, 30 minutes. What your gut isn't always what everybody else wants and what everybody else is looking for. So I just wanted to kind of lay out what the scorecard is used for. Now, I also think that before we dig into, there's a million and one metrics that you can keep track of. So I like to ask first and foremost, what's the goal of my show, right? Like, why am I doing this? And I'll speak to my show first and then, and then some of our other clients' experiences. For us, it was never about ad spend, right? Like we were never trying to increase our revenue through ads or affiliates. We were using our established relationships and you know, affiliates and vendors who we've worked with throughout the year an opportunity to give them a stage to be able to be a spotlight and give back, right? Like our podcast is to give back and to give expertise into the industry. So for me, I'm not coming through with it being a revenue generating activity. So for us, it was really important for us to understand why we are doing this. Now, we do keep track of sales conversion. So number of inbound leads, uh, number of of listeners who become customers, promotional codes that are used, opt-ins that are that are used for each episode. So we do track that on a monthly basis. So again, inbound leads, number of customers obtained through podcast, and then you know, promo codes used. So that's very specific on keeping track of revenue for your podcast. Now for us, that number's low and I'm okay with it. Usually it's that they've been in our circle, our brand. So they might not even say, I found you from Entrepreneur Money Stories. A lot of people say now, I don't know. I've just been listening to you. (laughs) But you'll find that. But knowing what your goal is first is so important because I could see that and say, damn it, this podcast thing isn't working. But that's not how I see their podcast. So determine that goal for you first. Some other metrics to keep track of. Maybe your goal as a newer business owner is to develop relationships. So 
You are developing relationships with your guests. You're developing relationships with your audience. And so some of your metrics might be a number of, of new email subscribers. So increasing your community, a number of referral partners. So how many new people do you have in your referral network that you're referring business to and they're referring business to you? And the number of new industry influencers whom you are in community with. And then you can also track the number of customers from your relationships, right? So maybe it doesn't come directly to your podcast, but your relationships. I think there's one other type or, or goal, in my opinion, on podcasting, and that's the thought leadership, right? Podcast as just brand content, which is really what, what we're doing. So I'm sure so many of your audience, audience members do this, but we save so much time by waterfalling out our content. So from there, you can look at metrics such as number of hours saved by waterfalling your content from your podcast. So number of blogs written, number of social media posts that have been repurposed, and then number of engagements on social medias. And then comparing your podcast data to all of your other channels to understand the place of your podcast in your overall marketing strategy. So how is your podcast doing in comparison to your email list, your social media, blog, website traffic? And the best way to do that is your downloads over time and listeners through each source, and then comparing that to your other platforms. Yeah. I want to pull out two main things that you've talked about throughout this in your examples. The first being knowing what your goals are first. I think that is so important. I recently had a conversation with clients where they'll say things like, well, I'm not getting any clients from my podcast. And I'm like, that's not the goal of your podcast, at least when we established it. So obviously that can shift over time and that's okay. And it's going to shift the content a little bit and shift the way you approach your podcast. But where we are right now, that's not the goal. The goal is to create relationships like you were just talking about. So you're connecting with a lot of people. You have a lot of guests on your show. You're being a guest in their communities. And that's what you're doing right now. But if you're looking to get more clients, then you need to have more solo episodes. You need to show up as an expert more in your podcast. There's a different approach to each of these different goals and these different strategies. And if you switch up your goals or don't know your goals, that's gonna cause you to feel like you're failing, especially if you're playing the comparison game. Well, Joe Rogan did this and Joe Rogan made millions. Oh gosh, yeah. do yourself a favor and stop comparing. I mean, I do have jotted down here, you know, compare your metrics to other people's in your industry. That's just not fair, right? Because how long have they been doing this? You know, why are they doing it? What's their goal? How much money do they dump into it? How much time do they dump into it? So I think that comparison is probably one of the worst metrics you can find. <laughs> yes. And to give you listeners an idea of what we're talking about here, I have three clients. All of them have been podcasting for a little over two years. One has 16,000 downloads. Another one has 35,000 downloads and another has 60,000 downloads. They talk to very different industries, very different people. Their podcasts or the way that they structure their content is all very different. You can't compare them. It's like apples to oranges, and it's not going to work to compare them at all. 
The second thing that I want to pull from what you're saying is actually using that information that you're gathering with your scorecard and the statistics and the data and making better decisions with that information. There's an episode that we had that went live a couple weeks ago where we talk about using your statistics to make better decisions for your podcast and looking at it from a perspective of, okay, how long are people actually listening to the podcast episodes to the point of if you're talking for two hours, that's great, but is your audience actually listening to all of those two hours or are they cutting off at a certain point? Where are they dropping off? Maybe you need to reduce the time and the cohesiveness of your episodes to ensure that people are listening to the full episode. So using those numbers, using that information to be able to make better decisions for your podcast so that your audience is getting what they need from your show. It's so important. We can't just look at the numbers and do nothing about them. It's the same with our bookkeeping in our businesses. So I always go back to this. Inputting the numbers is one thing. So whether that be looking at your financial statements, looking at your scorecards, we always have to actually read the information. Folks, you have to read the damn information, right? Putting together the scorecard, don't do it, right? Like If you're not going to look at it, don't freaking do it because it, it renders it useless. I actually prefer for somebody else to put together your scorecard so that your job is to look at it. And your job is to make business decisions because sometimes we get caught up in the doing and we're like, oh yeah, good job. Check it off the list. You put it together. Done. No, you're not done, right? Like you just put it together. Now your job starts. So if you have somebody else to put together the metrics for you, then you come in as the reviewer. Your job is to review the information and decide the takeaways. Now, my team, they hear me say this to them all the time. They'll give me a metric and I'll say, so what are we doing about it? So what's the change, right? What's the move? What's the move that we're making from that piece of information? And the answer can be, Danielle, there's no move, right? The answer is we need time and space to see if this trend continues. We need to see where this is going, right? We don't always have to pivot and change every time the numbers drop or increase We can say, we have to wait. We're going to see where this trend goes, but we have to to be tracking this information in the scorecard as you move move forward. Now, I like to look at the scorecard metrics monthly. So I do have a really nice dashboard and it's all monthly metrics. I think weekly is too hard. Um, There might be some metrics that you do by episode, but I think monthly is a good way to give us enough information, but not information over. Yeah. And if you're just starting out, don't look at your metrics yet. I would say wait about three months. That way you can see, okay, what does it actually look like? Where am I standing now? I've gotten past that initial push of three months of podcasting. And I love that you said that sometimes there might not be an action. So we regularly look at our clients' numbers, We meet with them either once a month or twice a month, depending on when they need to have a call scheduled. And we cover things like what's happening in the podcasting space, what's happening with their podcast. And what I like to look for are those anomalies, right? So like those random jumps, what happened that week? What were you doing different? Were you a guest on someone's podcast? Did you show up on a summit? What happened here? And specifically, especially looking at it regularly, 
it's easier to track. You might say, oh, yeah, I did this thing. But if we're only looking at it six months down the road, I mean, I don't know what I was doing that week. I don't even know what I had for breakfast this morning. So I think that looking at it regularly, to your point, definitely makes sense. We had one client where she was a guest on a really aligned show and she had been guesting for a while and didn't see any changes, but she saw a 50% jump in her downloads from this one show. And because we were looking at it, we were able to see, hey, this worked really well. How can we optimize it? How can we maximize the quote unquote publicity that you're getting from this show that is really aligned and has your ideal listeners there? Also, how can we find more like that? It made it really easy for her to make decisions on where she was going to spend her time pitching herself instead of just like, I'd like to be everywhere. I think it's so important to be able to get that information and use it. Yeah, use the information. Use it, use it, use it. Is there anything else you want to talk through that we haven't chatted about at this point? Or do you feel pretty good? I feel great. This was a a great deep dive into metrics. And look, all numbers are hard. And I get that, right? Like there's nothing about looking at numbers that is easy. Nobody else is like, oh, this is a breeze. It's like a There's some people who are, are more okay with it than others. There's some people who get excited for it. So just embrace it, right? Embrace the lesson. I call it the report card effect. So Your numbers don't mean that you pass or fail, right? Like nobody's going to fail you. Fortunately, I can't say this for my son, but for you, no one's going to fail you. So you can look at these numbers as a lesson, right? What am I enjoying? What am I not enjoying? Is this podcast still lighting me up? What do I need to change? You know, where do I need to double down? Where do I need to scale back? And so stop looking at metrics, stop looking at numbers as a pass fail, and start looking at it as a lesson learned. Yes. Oh, so important. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. Where can people find you? Yes. Kickstartedaccountinginc.com is the website. You can find out more about us, book a call, come listen to Entrepreneur Money Stories. We all need more stories and to normalize the conversation around money. So come over and listen to the podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.galati. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.